Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Woodstock, Georgia, it's time for Cherokee Business Radio. Now, here's your host. Welcome to another exciting and informative edition of Cherokee Business Radio. Stone Payton here with you this morning. And today's episode is brought to you in part by our local small business initiative, the Business Radio X Main Street Warriors, defending capitalism, promoting small business, and supporting our local community. For more information, go to MainStreetWarriors.org. A special note of thanks to our title sponsor for the Cherokee chapter of Main Street Warriors, Diesel David, Inc. Please go check them out at DieselDavid.com. You guys are in for a real treat this morning. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast with EOS Worldwide, Miss Andrea Young. How are you? Great, thanks. Thank you for having me. Well, we are delighted to have you on the show. I got a thousand questions. I know we're not going to get to them all, but I think a good place to start uh, is if maybe you could articulate for me and our listeners mission, purpose. What are you and EOS really out there trying to do for folks? Uh, well, we are entirely trying to uh, help business owners and their leadership teams get what they want out of their business. So that is our big focus. And um, and we do that through a, a very you know simple set of processes to drive discipline inside uh, a company called uh, EOS, or the Entrepreneurial Operating System is what it's called. So I got to know the backstory. How in the world did you find yourself in, in this line of work? What led you here? Well, I am a former client, as a matter of fact. Uh, my husband and I started a company over 10 years ago in the sports and entertainment business. And um, we found that we were just, you know, working our tails off and just felt like we were leaving some money on the table. And we had a really great leadership team, but everyone sort of had a different idea of where they, they wanted to see the business go. And so we ended up implementing EOS in 2018 and um, it was a total game changer. We were able to triple our profitability in 12 months. We doubled our revenue and um, importantly, we got all of our leadership team members focused in the same direction, rowing in that same direction. Um, and that was just so powerful. And so Having seen that, I decided um, to leave the corporate world after 20 years of, uh, of building, you know, building brands and, and working in a um, big organization and, um, and, and do EOS full time so I could help other business owners grow and scale up their business and get what they want out of their business. So at this point in your career and in doing this work, what are you finding the most rewarding? What What are you enjoying the most about it? Well, I love growth. I kind of see myself as a, a growth master, having spent so much time in innovation and uh, corporate strategy. And so I get so excited by helping other business owners and their leadership teams grow uh, to really scale their business, to get the results that they're looking for. And so that has been very exciting and very rewarding for me in this, uh, this chapter of my career. I, I'm sure every situation is different, but I got to believe you must run into some common patterns, like see some of the same kinds of things over and over again, things that 
entrepreneurs are excited about, frustrated about, challenged with? Is, is that accurate? For sure, for sure. Um, you know, one of them is just this notion of control and feeling like they're, you know, their business is running them instead of them running their business. And this, uh, this you know, it's chaotic. And so uh, that is one aspect of, you know, we, we kind of joke about it being you're kind of like running behind the van where the doors are flapping open and you just want to get into that driver's seat. And so uh, that can certainly be a big challenge. Another one is... Um, you know what I talked about earlier in my case, which was profitability. So you put so much of your heart and your energy and your time uh, into your organization, and it is your baby. Um, but if you're not getting what you want out of or in return, that can be very frustrating sometimes. And so that's another one. Uh, people issues is a very common challenge too that everyone I, I come across is uh, experiencing, and so. Um, you know, how making sure you've got the right people in the right seats and uh, that you're creating the culture that you want. So those are just a couple of the the big challenges that, that seem to be very commonplace. <laughs> well, as you were describing it, I, I feel like I resemble that remark, right? I mean, <laughs> so, my business partner and I, we, we own the Business Radio X network and, and we've been blessed in so many ways. And uh, it's it's not at all uncommon for each of us, sometimes at the same time, but fortunately, often it'll be either him or me, where we just, we, we feel like we're, we are, we're losing our grip, right? We, we, uh, things are just getting a little, just getting a little bit crazy. And, and for me, I think it often happens. I, I have a tendency to, to uh, chase shiny objects mm-hmm. <laughs> and get another, yet another idea. <laughs> So I know that that happens to Tesla. So where does the work start? It seems like it, for me it would be even difficult to to get my arms around. Okay, we want to we want to make some improvements. We want to change some things. But they're like, where do you start? Or is there a typical starting place with a client? There is. Yes, we uh, we really focus on three things, and and the first one is um, vision. So. Yeah, you know, everybody's got all these great ideas in their head, uh, and so it's really about articulating where it is you want to go, how you're going to get there, and then getting your entire team rowing in that same direction. And uh, the second one is traction. So without, uh, one, uh, you know, if if we don't have the traction, then um, it just doesn't become real. And so we've got a really simple set of uh, disciplines and um, tools to hold people accountable so that you're making that vision a reality. Uh, there's an action plan associated with it. And uh, so that that makes sure that that vision is happening. And then the third one is around having a healthy culture. And so as part of this process, having that kind of team culture that you want for your organization is incredibly important so that you've got a collaborative and cohesive team that's working together. Um, because you spend so much time together working together that you better yeah. better make sure you enjoy it. So that <laughs> if we've got those three things, then um, everything else kind of falls into place. I'll bet. So the early stages of an engagement is is it? Um, are you having a conversation with the executive team or the or the owners to figure out where to put most of the energy? Is it a like what what happens very early on in the engagement? We our very first. <clears throat> day is uh, well uh, the very first step actually is is having what we call a 90 minute meeting so it's an introduction to uh, what EOS is all about so mm-hmm. that everyone is on the the same page they understand 
um, the process and some of those big concepts and what it is that we're, we're trying to do in this. And then, um, and then we spend a whole day together. We kind of roll up our sleeves. It's a, it's a full day workshop that we call focus day so that you're hitting the ground running by having uh, thought out a few things. So one is um, an accountability chart. So you're identifying who the right people are, uh, what the right structure is for your organization for the next six to 12 months. Um, we work on on having a scorecard and actually like measuring how are you performing? What are the key business indicators that you really need to be paying attention to that give you that sense of how your business is performing? Um, we get to uh, something that we call rocks. And so that is those are priorities or commitments. So if you think about what are you gonna what do you need to accomplish? What does everyone need to accomplish over the next 90 days so that you're making that you know, that, that vision really, uh, happens. So you're focused and you've got those commitments and you've aligned on what those are. And so we come away with some of those tools as well as explaining how, you know, how to run a really great meeting because meetings can often suck. (laughs) And so on that first day we walk through, you know, how do you spend your time together? How often, what do you cover? Like that kind of thing so that you can hold each other accountable and you can have, a meeting of time that's well spent um, and that you're, you're getting things done. So those are just a couple of examples of, of uh, um, how we would spend our first day together and the things that you walk out with. I, I would think just that 90 minutes would be incredibly valuable. I, I feel like you've been listening in on some of our phone calls or, <laughs> or, or eavesdropping at some of our meetings because although we don't necessarily know what to do about it, you know, we can we can feel that you know this isn't as efficient and as effective as it ought to be, and yeah. maybe we do have. I had I had a mentor one time tell me about uh, the the analogy he used was getting a goldfish to climb a pine tree. Like th- there's things that a goldfish can do really well, but a, you know it's so sometimes and in, 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 and we've made this mistake in our own organization. We got some great people who have tremendous skills, and we got them doing the wrong stuff. That's and right. That's that's just one piece of what you're talking about, right? Well, that can happen all the time, especially in um, entrepreneurial organizations. You're wearing a lot of hats, and some hats fit better than others. <laughs> and so I think it's about understanding what the right seats are on this uh, this bus that is your organization and uh, what, you know, what the roles are for each one of those seats. And then you have to figure out, okay, who is the right person to, to get that job done? Um and you know it's a two way street. They you want to you want to put them in a role where they are going to be so happy. They're going to love what you know what they're doing yeah. and be really successful at it. Um, and then at the same time get the results that you know that you're looking for. So um, it is a win win. So this methodology, this structure, this um, yeah, I guess methodology maybe is is the right the right nomenclature for it. This what's its origin? Is there a is there an organization that this EOS and then, and now you plugged into it as a client, right? And, and now you got enamored with it. But what's the origin of the of the structure? So uh, EOS was, first came about by a gentleman by the name of Gina Wickman. And um, he was an entrepreneur himself, got brought into his, uh, his dad's organization to really turn things around. And... Um, Worked with the leadership team for a number of years doing that. And 
at the same time, he was part of uh, the EO network in uh, one of the original chapters in Detroit. And mm-hmm. um, through that, he, he, you know, saw this opportunity and got really was knew he had a real talent for the art and science of running a business. And so he cobbled together some of the best concepts and tools out there and wrote a book by the name Attraction. And, okay, I know this book. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so this book has been around for over 15 years. It is uh, often on the um, bestsellers list amongst entrepreneurs, and it really explains how EOS works. Um, and I think the beauty of it is it's not just it's, – it's more than the concepts, more than the theories and the tools. It is about um, how do you make it a reality, like how do you make it happen. So that's why it's called Traction because that is the biggest um, – I think the the biggest uh, benefit to it. So I want to circle. Let's talk about me for a minute, right? Because it yeah. is my show. <laughs> so Sorry. I want to circle back to that to us. Uh, I know I sometimes get the feeling, and I hang out with other entrepreneurs as well. And I, so I know I'm not the only one. But I feel like uh, it's one thing to put out a fire and get past it and keep going, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like I've done. We we've solved this. We should have this baked. You mm-hmm. know, like, do, do you find that people fall into that pattern and they and they they keep putting out the same fires over and over, and they really don't have it. Baked, I guess. Well, and how frustrating can that be, right? When Very. Like, <laughs> yes. It's like, oh, we've seen this show before. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that is a ba- a key component of the EOS system is to uh, create an environment where people are um, celebrated for identifying issues and putting issues on the table. And then we devote quite a bit of time to actually solving those issues. And we do it through a process called, we call it IDS, which is about identifying, uh, getting to the root cause of what is that issue. Because if you can't get to the root cause, it you can't solve it and put away, put it away for good. Um, and mm-hmm. so that is really important to spend the time on that, briefly discussing it, and then um, and then solving it and brainstorming, okay, what are our different options? How are we going to solve that as a team? Um, and then who's responsible for that action plan and getting to a very clear list of, of to-dos. And that type of process really helps to, uh, to you know, ta- uh, um, knit really, I don't know, um, knock away at some of those issues that keep coming up daily or weekly or annually, whatever that looks like, so that they don't, they don't keep coming up. Um, so you're solving them one by one for, for good. But it's getting at the root cause. And it, it, I, I got to say, to me, it's easy to fall into the trap. Okay, solved it, put out that fire, move on to the next thing. But I didn't really solve it. I just. <laughs> it's easy to do that. It's easy to say, oh, our revenue is down this, uh, this quarter. Okay, but why is it down? And what exactly is causing that to, to happen? And so you get down to that root cause and you ask, you know, keep going layer by layer until you say, okay, well, this is what's causing that to happen. And then that's where you devote your time as, okay, how are we going to solve that? What is, what are the right solutions and who's going to be responsible for doing that? Um, so that's, I think a big difference is and and the amount of time. So it's not just report, you know, you spend your meeting time, not reporting out on uh, spending the entire time reporting out on things, but actually you're working together to solve things as well. And that can be a really powerful um for the for the team for the organization the culture uh, in terms of driving results but then also feeling like you're part of a team you're part of that solution part of the the scaling of it okay I'm gonna ask you about meetings too because I, okay. <laughs> I I do feel like 
you know, we'll have these calls, and I feel like a lot of the information that is um, transferred, that probably could have been handled a different way, right? Like, here's the data, you know, here's what happened, and, here's, um, and maybe we ought to be investing our conversation differently than just reporting what happened last week, or it, it's, yeah. is that one of the disciplines or one of the mindset shifts is let's, let's get the, the reporting and the, and the things that could be communicated more effectively, more efficiently in a different way, get that out there so that we can spend the human time working on the more complex stuff. Well, it's so common for people to be, you know, meeting after meeting after meeting. And they get out of their meetings. They've spent like six, seven hours in meetings. And then that's when the work starts. And by that time, they're exhausted. <laughs> it is the end of the day. They got other things to do. And so what this process does, and it, it's, it's been really effective for, uh, for the teams I work with, excuse me, is that they, um, you spend 90 minutes together once a week as a leadership team. And we have a very prescribed way of, you know, spending how you spend your time um, so that you're doing some of the reporting, but then you're spending the majority of your time uh, issue solving, you know, whether it's challenges or bottlenecks or uh, ideas or opportunities. But though that time is very precious for, for making sure that you're getting what's in the way out of the way and you're getting some of the best solutions and leveraging the collective genius of the, the people that are in the room to make that happen. You also mentioned earlier in the conversation this concept of a, of a scorecard. Mm-hmm. Say a little bit more about that. <laughs> um, you know, I meet a lot of companies and they, they don't have um, – you ask them how they're performing and they can kind of give you some of the top line levels, but they're not really tracking what's driving their business. And so, uh, and in today's world, you, you know, you may have a data pond or you may have a data ocean, but you've got to get a lot of numbers out there. Um, and what's critical is saying, okay, what are the, what are the key metrics, you know, the five to 15 numbers maximum that we really need to be paying attention to. And, paying attention to on a weekly basis so that you can do something about it. If you're seeing trends and stuff like that happening, um, then you have an opportunity to action them and before it's too late. So you're not reporting on what happened, um, you know, yesterday. Rather, you're forecasting what's going to happen tomorrow. And you're, you're spending your time on those kind of key business indicators that um, uh, really give you a glimpse of what, what that looks like. And it could literally be – you know, depending on the organization, their scorecard can actually be a, um, uh, you know, a very unique part of them. So it could be anything from a, a Google ad rating to uh, the number of trips they need to make to a store to uh, to pick stuff up that they, you know, forgot to order to, um, you know, other metrics that are, are more key, like employee satisfaction or customer satisfaction numbers, that kind of thing. And it, it depends on the organization. So it's a very custom uh, to each client and what it is that they're trying to accomplish. Uh, no, I'm finding this very helpful. Gang, if, if you really want to get some great free consulting advice, get yourself a radio show. <laughs> you talk to smarter people, <laughs> you get to learn a ton. <laughs> but no, as you were talking, I'm thinking like we have several, our studio partners, the people who run studios, like the one we're sitting in right now, uh, we have several different revenue streams, right? Right. And so it makes sense to me that, that we it, we should just we could track each of them and see if one of them's really starting to dip, you know. Okay, let this is this is an important thing. So, 
so you know revenue for uh, for example like doing on-site remote broadcast at events and stuff mm-hmm. right that's a, that's a key thing and and we could look back maybe at last year and the year before and say okay now at covid probably <laughs> as you might imagine had an impact on ours but that might be a, like a key metric for us to keep an, for all, each studio partner to keep an eye on right is that an example yeah that would be that would be an example i think you'd um you know, the other important thing to add to it is you you kind of have to know what good looks like. And so you need a goal uh-huh. to be able to compare to and say, okay, what, what do we expect this to be? And then is it tracking below or above where you anticipate it? Um, and But having that goal can be really important too. So it's not just measuring a metric, but you know whether you're winning or not. <laughs> yeah. And, and don't just look at last year's on-site remote broadcast revenue, look at last quarters or if not last months, right? Could be. It could be, yeah, however you kind of see it um, as important to your business. So it could be versus budget, could be versus last month or last quarter, um, whatever makes sense for your your company. But but don't let it go. uh, Stay on top of it. Don't let it go too long because then you can't do anything about it. (laughs) That's right. That's why we like track it on a weekly basis. Otherwise you end up at the end of the year and you're like, wow, there's nothing you can do about it now except, uh, (laughs) you know, count your chickens, I guess. (laughs) So do you ever find that, that some entrepreneurs, particularly founders who, like you say, have worn a lot of hats and, you know, they've created this thing with their own blood, sweat and tears. Do you, do you find that initially they're a little reluctant to embrace all this structure? Or, um, or, or they, by the time you're talking to them, are they like, for God's sake, help? We need, to, we, we know we want structure. Yeah, I think they see the value in it because they've gotten, they've grown, um, and built their business uh, to a point where, you know, and it, and that's an amazing feat. But then they get to a point where they hit the ceiling and they just it. You know, how do you scale it up beyond that? And they want to get to that next chapter, but what's yeah. gotten them so far can't get them further. And so then it, this takes the mystery out of figuring out, okay, how are we going to unlock that that door or break through that ceiling? Um, and so that is uh, can be very powerful and, and helpful to them. So I see that, you know, we get a lot of energy that way. And then yeah. I, I think the other thing is, you mentioned it earlier. There are lots of different ideas and concepts and all that kind of stuff out there. And again, this takes the the mystery out of which ones do I do because this is a proven system and it's very simple. And so it's not about a flashy new thing. It is, you know, this is this is a really easy way to run a business and it's been proven time and time again. So, so how does the whole sales and marketing thing work for for a practice like yours like how do you get the new business or even get to have that initial 90 minute kind of conversation well um we are all business owners that uh run our own businesses within eos uh worldwide and um what the you know, the, the best way is through referrals because a company sees, you know, they live this experience. There's, they see those great results and then they want to pass it forward, um, to friends or family that are also struggling in their companies and, and they've seen the success. And so they just, they want to, you know, help other companies and business owners get what they want too. So that is certainly the most powerful way, um, for sure. <clears throat> so doing good work. Uh, is marvelous sales tool, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, the reason I asked is it strikes me that your work is so dependent dependent on trust. I mean, you really have to trust your EOS person because you're letting you are letting them in. 
right, for you to be able to, to effectively serve them. The level of trust that you must be able to to develop with a client, it, it must be incredible. I mean, they, yeah, we end up you know playing a couple different roles ourselves. So you're you're the coach, um, so you you know kick them in the butt when things aren't aren't uh, going that you know they're not moving right. along, or you're patting them on the back when things are going really well, and you got those out of boys or out of girls, and then. Um, we facilitate, and so often the answers are in the room, and there's so much brilliance there. And so you need to be a master facilitator to be able to um, make sure those voices are heard, and, uh, and then everyone can get aligned. And then we play the role of being a teacher as well. So there's an aspect of training and learning some of these new concepts and tools and making sure that they become experts uh, on this too uh, so that they can continue to grow and, and run their own organizations and, and be able to run it all the way through the through the company to all the different levels. And, and so we talked about early on in the engagement, but as you're talking now, it, as this thing unfolds, you're not leaving them hanging. You're in there while you're empowering them. You're you're there to help. You met, you use the word facilitator facilitator a, a few times. So. You swing back around. You show them. You share the structure with them, but you're also helping them along the way. There's like, yeah. Say more about that. Yeah, um, we typically work with uh, companies for about two years, um, but it it can vary um, when and and so the idea is that yes, you're teaching and they're training and you're giving them kind of those foundational tools and then helping them to execute and and master them until. They don't need you anymore. And so, and that is the goal is to get them so they've got the confidence, the mastery, the ability to, uh, to run on their own. And that's so, a refreshing model. That's, right. that's not how I'm from the training consulting world a long, long time ago before I met Lee Cantor and, and my world changed. <laughs> uh, I came from that training consulting world. And just for yeah. those of you who don't know, that is not necessarily the model for all consulting. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a scaled learning process that you share some tools, they go away, and um, and they come back, and we kind of walk, work through, okay, what did you learn, what doesn't work, what does work, and you do version 2.0, and then version 3.0, to, you get to a point where they're really happy, and they've got the right scorecard, they've got the right accountability chart, but part of that is uh, is – not just learning it in classroom style, that kind of thing, but actually doing it and living it and saying, okay, this, this works, this doesn't work and, and modifying it. So that is part of our process is to be able to coach and facilitate to get to a point where um, they are seeing amazing results and really happy with, you know, getting that, making that vision a reality. Yeah. And even with that capability transfer the other thing that seems like it would be really helpful is to have that common language, that common nomenclature, so that everybody's uh, speaking the same language, talking about the, uh, the the scorecard and accountability. And when you give everyone in the organization and the people who are helping them that that common language, that's that's got to be powerful, I would think. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um <laughs> It's absolutely important to have the the same language, to be using the same system. It just makes you a lot more efficient, takes a lot of the duplication and confusion out of it. Um, and if everyone's talking the same talk, then guess what? They're going to walk the walk as well. So, um, yeah. yeah, that can be really powerful. So I've, I've come to learn over the years that competency itself can be a bit of a moving target because conditions, circumstances, environments change. So, the skill set and the proficiency that you may have once had 
is not necessarily going to be enough to to continue it. Uh, I don't. This is a question. It's not an observation. Is, is, is accountability a moving target too? I mean, do, do you do you find that that you you need to help your clients um, incorporate systems processes to keep people account? I mean, how do you keep them accountable? You do have to have those systems in place um, where they're held accountable to themselves to their their leader, but then also their teammates. And so that helps ah. certainly to making sure that you're getting things done because no one wants to sit there and say, oh, I'm off track or I haven't haven't completed this, um, you know, priority that I was working on. And so that can be a really important, important thing. Um, I think it also helps with that kind of squirrel syndrome of saying, you know, <laughs> when you've got – you're all, you've got so much information coming at you these days and so many different opportunities. And, and uh, what this helps you do is to focus as well so you know what to say no to and what it is you're focusing on working on. And so that can be um, uh, certainly exponentially, uh, you know, help to help you to exponentially grow as well. So that can be really powerful. You just brought up an interesting perspective that reminded me of playing sports. Mm-hmm. And and I never got really good, but my, my father was a high school basketball coach. I was involved in sports, and I got to play like high school level ball. And But you mentioned being accountable to your teammates. Mm-hmm. And that was, as I reflect on that, that was more important to me and probably more of a driver for all of us than even trying to be accountable to the coach or – yeah. Is it, you you want to be accountable to your teammates if that's if if that all goes all the way back to your comment about culture, right? Yeah, absolutely. You don't want to let anyone down or to be yeah. the weak weak link in the uh, in the organization. Everyone's counting on you, and so um, you know, making sure that you're getting things done, you're you're uh, delivering what you committed on, uh, can become so important. Um, and that it, that social connection is a big piece of that as well, for sure. Yeah. So I, I, I know because I did my pre-show research, <laughs> meaning <laughs> I, I, uh, <laughs> that you were a, an executive at a little company some of you may recognize called Coca-Cola. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then and, 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 and you're, you're doing this, this work. Have you had the benefit of one or more mentors along the way to help you navigate the terrain in those different environments? Oh, I've had so many great mentors in my life. I've been really, really lucky. Um, you know, I've got a a big thirst for learning, and um, and I've had great leaders that have allowed me to uh, to learn, who have given you the ropes to um, to do your own thing, and then come back and get support when you need it, but really empower you to um, to run your business the way that you need to, and. Um, so I'm really fortunate to have had a few uh, really great bosses that I still keep in touch with this, to this day. We've moved mm-hmm. on to different things and so on, but um, um, but their their friendships, their advice is just invaluable, and that's been part of the benefit I think of being in that that corporate world uh, as well. So. I, I feel really lucky. Well, and and now you get to be a mentor, right? Because yeah. I mean, that's just that's just part of what you're. Doing, yeah, I'm yeah. paying it forward, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got all that uh, formal training and um, uh, and great advice along the way. 
uh, the corporate world and entrepreneurial world are different, but there are a lot of commonalities as well. And there's beauty in both of them. And so it's, you know, how do you, uh, how do you find that to, um, and use that to your, your maximum. So outside the scope of your work, the work that we're talking about, uh, what passions do you, do you, what other passions do you pursue? Most of our listeners, my listeners know for me, it's travel, hunting, and fishing. Mm. Uh, but something outside the scope of your work, what are some of the things that you have a tendency to nerd out about or really enjoy doing? I'd say the top two. So I'm a big traveler as well. I've been uh, 64 countries so far and oh counting. Yeah. Whoa. Love to, uh, love to travel. I love the adventure and learning about new places and trying different foods and having new adventures and all that kind of stuff. It's, uh, it's great. And then the other one is uh, downhill skiing. So I'm Canadian. Oh my. Which means downhill I started ski. skiing almost at the same time I started walking and, um, I love the sport and I'm teaching, you know, getting my girls into skiing and stuff like that too. It's something we do as a family. So that's, uh, um, both of those just, you know, make my heart swell. <laughs> I got it. We, we Before we came on air, I was telling you about my recent trip to Spain. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like, and my wife's father said this, and I believe it's true, that travel does, it broadens you, right? It gives you a new, different uh wider perspective and, and and I have found that I thoroughly enjoy experiencing other cultures and I walk away I, it's uh I don't know the first thing about downhill skiing <laughs> but but the the travel we have really come to to enjoy and uh I don't have any hard data to prove it but I think those experiences probably help me uh make other people's lives richer and help me be more effective when I, you know, when I get back off vacation and dive back into my work, maybe. Yeah. I, I think, um, it helps you to appreciate different viewpoints, different, um, yeah. cultures that are out there to be more op- like to be open-minded to, um, you know, people and their situations and, um, the worlds that they're growing up in and living in. And, uh, it also makes you appreciate the, all the beauty in the world too, from, you know, environmental to like, to, you know, the, I mean, just everything. And so I have absolutely treasured all of those trips and, um, we make it a point to, you know, to travel as much as we can, cause we love it so much as, as a, as a family even. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. All right. Before we wrap, I'd love to leave our listeners, if we could, with just a handful of, a few pro tips and number one pro tip gang, if any of these topics are striking a chord with you, and if you're an entrepreneur, I know they are. Number one pro tip is reach out and have a conversation with Andrea. Uh, but uh, even short of that, uh, are there things that, that we can be reading, uh, you know, things we should be doing or not doing, maybe looking for a few, if not red, yellow flags in our organization that suggest us, you know, hey, it's, it's time to, to, to set up a, a call or reach out to, to Andrea, a couple of things like that. Sure. Yeah, so – I think if you're you're facing any of those kind of struggles, like, you know, the life is chaotic again, or you're spending all your time working and not having time having, you know, not, not have, you don't have time to take those vacations and travel or to, to have the fun that the business is running you instead of you running the business. Um, or you feel like you're, you know, you've got some people challenges, or you're just not getting what you want out of the business in terms of the size or the growth, uh, then um, the book traction can be, is, is a great way to do it. Or, uh, you can reach out to me if you don't have time to, uh, to read it, then I'd be happy to give you the, 
the live movie version, if you will, of it. <laughs> um, and, uh, and there we go. My email address is andrea.young at eosworldwide.com. All right. All right. So let's make sure we have that again. So the, the book is Traction. The, mm-hmm. the author of the book you it's mentioned. Gino Wickman. Gino Wickman. And then the best way to, to reach out to you is, is email. Is that the best? Yeah, that'd be great. All right. And what's that address again? Andrea.young at eosworldwide.com. Well, Andrea, it has been an absolute delight having you in the studio. Thank you for coming to visit with us. And uh, thank you for, for the work that you're doing. The work you're doing is important. I genuinely believe that. And uh, I hope you'll keep it up. And I hope you won't be a stranger. I hope you'll come back and visit sometime. You know, I tell you what could be fun if you're up for it sometime. Uh, if maybe you, you came in with, with a delighted client. Oh, yeah. And we could talk about their business. And so, you know, we'll profile their business and learn about that, but also maybe talk about the work. That could be a fun segment. Yeah, I would. I, my clients are awesome to work with, and they would love to tell their uh, success stories. So that would be super fun. I'd love Fantastic. That. Well, thank you again for thank coming. Thank you, Stone. This has been great. My pleasure. All right. Until next time, this is Stone Payton for our guest today, Andrea Young with EOS Worldwide, and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you again on Cherokee Business Radio.